0: One of you is the monster. Monster?
1: We're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton.
0: And I'm Paul Monk.
1: And we are a very British horror. So, Paul, I think people will be concerned after our last episode that we've gone really mainstream, and we need a way to really convince people that we, 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 we haven't lost our edge. So we need to, um, you know, talk about something that's not in any way popular. Can you think of anything we could talk about tonight that basically no one's interested in?
0: Um, no, I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything funny either, so... What we're doing is I thought that we were delve into mysterious niche world of 1980s children's television horror-ish. So, we are going to be talking about the 1988 children's supernatural drama, Moondial, which no one has ever heard of.
1: Moondial. (laughs) And I know that's slightly unfair because Moondial is actually (laughs) quite popular amongst certain people, but it's not really thought of in terms of horror i wouldn't have thought however um i think that point is quite interesting because you know i think we think this is children's horror that's what you really said you know children's horror but i don't think there's any such thing uh in the british tradition as children's horror which is really different to the american tradition because of their version of halloween is all about children isn't it so you get a lot of like kid themed things in, 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 in American horror monster house and, 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 and lots and lots of things dating back to um you know there was a Boris Carloff animation um, or hotel Transylvania that kind of thing you know I <laughs> aimed at I aimed at kids because of Halloween in America but but in Britain where we didn't historically do Halloween we did bonfire night the uh, horrors kind of remained. An, an adult thing, apart from we do have um, children's ghost stories, uh, 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 and moondial Moon both is and isn't a, a children's ghost story, and in fact, I'm not sure we'll even get to the bottom of the question of whether this is a ghost story or not, <laughs>
0: well,
1: during this I, say,
0: I don't know, I'd say it definitely is a ghost story, but not maybe in the traditional way. Well... Um, but, but there is a, a big, obviously a long tradition of, of this sort of thing because uh, I remember the, the, there was things like drama-rama which um, they did a whole series of sort of spooky things and then there, there was plenty of others, things like shadows um, and, then, and then you had things like children of the stones and all of those those sorts of things. So there was definitely a, there's definitely a a a thing for doing quite kind of spooky or things with, with, with kids' TV. The one that stuck Even with right me... Even right to recently. Yeah. Go on.
1: The one that stuck with me, which I've never watched as an adult, was The Amazing Mr. Blunden.
0: Yeah, I've never seen that. It what? may have been something that I watched at the time, perhaps. Or I don't know, When was it on? Was it an 80s thing? No, I think 70s. Oh, no, I don't, I'm probably
1: never seen it. I, 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 my memory of it is so deficient. I don't even want to tell you what it's about because it but, it. but I was quite young when I watched it. But it was a ghost story. But but also a bit, a bit, a bit not a ghost story. So um, I don't know. I have to watch it again at some point. Maybe we could talk about it again. But um, it, it, I think it's actually quite thematically similar to Moon However, I don't remember it well enough to really talk about it again. What was the recent thing that um,
0: y- you um, think? It was again on the, um, CBC. Uh, I'm trying to think what it was called now. Uh, but it, again, it was a, an anthology uh, series, and it had, there were mostly slightly comic themed sort of horror stories based around. They had a very loose theme where there was this strange character in a hooded um, parka coat, a a boy wandering around with a weird mask on collecting certain things and then that led to a particular story. But it it was again very much in that same sort of tradition as something like shadows or or, a lot of these other, other kids programs.
1: Sure, and because because it's not we're not we're not thinking of it as horror. So we're we're seeing these things either, you know, before years before uh, we're really interested in horror, like Amazing Mr. London with me and you. You've just watched that with your family, haven't you? It's just like a random thing that's been on, and you've been like, oh, that's vaguely horror, Um so um, so we're not really you know experts. At all in this tradition, but I thought it was really worth looking at. And Moondial is something that I kind of was really interested in for a couple of reasons. One, because I remember deciding not to watch it when it was on in 1988 and then repeated. And, and I think I was probably slightly well, too old for it. Uh, so I would have been 14 when it, when it was first shown. And I think it got repeated a couple of times. And I'd have been even older, of course, then. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, th- I think I was probably done with BBC like Kids TV by that point. Although I had younger siblings who were still watching it. But I was like, I'm not watching this. It's for kids. But also, I think maybe um, for, for, for me, I may have been slightly put off. And it's shameful to admit by the fact that there's uh, the main character is a girl so that, that that is the kind of thing that um the, 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 that happened in the eighties where you <laughs> I, I,
0: I'm shaking my head at the microphone now
1: I know I know it's disgraceful and i'm I'm glad actually you gave us the opportunity because this was this was what i think your your idea principally to, to see this but you gave me the opportunity to make amends for my misogyny then <laughs> and, uh, so so and I happily watched it on this on this occasion but the other thing about A Moon Dial is it's, um, it's based on a novel by Helen Creswell, which she wrote like the year before she, she did the, the adaption for this. And Helen Creswell was a very prolific children's author, but she was also a very prolific um, screenwriter for kids' TV. Yeah. And um, I was already aware of her work, through my family because my, my son got really into Five Children and It and Helen Creswell did yeah. the adaption to Five Children it. and It and she also adapted Phoenix and the Carpet which was another um, novel featuring it by Ian Espit and then she did her, did her own um, sequel Return of the Samiad. And, and you know Joseph's got all of those what's all of those those are times so um, <laughs> I kind of a bit familiar with with her work for that and uh, I, th- I think she she was notable for adapting the demon headmaster
0: oh, okay I didn't know that anything
1: well that's that was a big a big hit in the 90s I think and that maybe children's horror as well so there we go yeah
0: well, that, that's cool yeah um, yeah, no, I think I knew it was written by her, and I, I wasn't too sure exactly when the book had come out, but I didn't think it was that long. I'm, I'm glad you said it was a year before because I I didn't think it had been out that long. Um,
1: no, yeah. I, no, I, I think I think she, she was quite. I think she was quite canny. So so um, <laughs> they, they were probably related. <laughs> The, the yeah. book of the TV. Series. Well,
0: yeah. I think from what I've read that it, it, she was quite keen to adapt it, and um, just fairly soon after writing the book. Like I said, she
1: already had this these parallel careers as a screenwriter and a novelist. Yeah. So, so and, I, and I suspect she could see the, the 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 fact that if you got an adaptation of your book on the BBC, then people bought the tie-in edition.
0: Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, it would have now Yeah, BBC. Shall we say a little bit about what it's about-ish, if we can, because it was it intrigued me this, because I haven't seen this for quite a long time, but I've seen it more recently than you had. Um, and um, and we'll, we'll expand on this a bit more, but I can remember lots about it, but couldn't quite remember exactly what the plot is,
1: well, I think there's a reason for that.
0: And uh, watching it again, <laughs> watching it now, uh, back now, there is a. Um, it, it, it didn't really help. So uh, <laughs> basically, I mean, there is a general plot, but but it, it, it's, yeah, I think it'd be quite interesting to talk about what we think it all means. Yeah. Okay, so,
1: well- because it's three hours long. I think it'll take us a, a long time to do a normal thing and stepping through the story. But I would like to...
0: No,
1: no. I would like to briefly talk about the um, the first episode. Um, okay. I'll, I'll give you a quick rundown, Paul, and you tell me if I missed anything important. So it starts with a, like a, a dream sequence of a, a girl called Minty in a country house garden. Uh I think she yeah. goes up from the the mysterious sundial up to a window and she sees herself essentially being attacked by a serverland that's that's the end of the dream sequence <laughs> um yeah. now yeah. then then um you, you meet minty properly she's a schoolgirl she lives with her mum It's established that her dad has died i think died and um there that. They're talking about um, what they're going to do during the summer holidays. And Minty's mum says, oh, you should go and stay with your Aunt Mary. Oh, she's not my real aunt. She's your godmother or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. then they, both of them go to meet Aunt Mary, who turns out to be a very old lady that lives in a nice cottage in a, in a real village called Belton in uh, uh, Link- Lincolnshire. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so, so yeah. this, okay, this is quite twee and domestic. And, and then um, then you get a bit of kitchen sink that style. Sorry, I didn't catch that, Paul.
0: I said, that, that cottage would be worth a fortune.
1: That cottage, uh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's very nice. And I think um, it is very nice, but it's not the most opulent location that we see. Um,
0: be, be, because... And um, it's a slightly more expensive house.
1: <laughs> yeah. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. So what we got is, um, then, um, Minty's mum leaves and probably, uh, gets into a car accident and put into a coma. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Minty's very upset when she hears about this. And, um, then I think, um, Minty goes for a walk in the grounds of Belton, um, house. And she finds the mysterious sundial and touches it and goes, woo, 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 like there's a spinning effect, not a very expensive effect, but a spinning effect. And then she meets the artful dodger and they, then they, they, they kind of can't decide who's the ghost and then they, they, they're going to shake hands and that's the end of the first episode. And I have missed something quite important, which was a little visit to church where um there's like a place where the light goes all weird and uh, um, yeah, it's like like there's yeah. a mysterious spot on the chest. Um, so was that a fair yeah.
0: summary? I, I think I think so. You did forget that um, Mincy's mum is knocking off some bloke that she works with. But apart from that,
1: yeah, yeah, she's 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 close to um, someone from the office. That's right. <laughs> Don't like. I don't think Minty's really really worked in fact later on you see that Minty hasn't really worked out that that's the case she just thinks it's some family friend <laughs> she hasn't gotten on that it's her mum's boyfriend at all <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so so um, I'd like to go back to the dream sequence because that that's that's really quite good it's quite short it's really quite good um, and, and I understand from watching the director's commentary of the first episode, um, that it wasn't actually in the screenplay. That was something that they added. And, and yeah. you can see why it was to, because otherwise um, this episode isn't very ghost story gothic at all. Is it? It's a bit more domestic. Mm-hmm. But it needs yeah. something to establish what the series, what, what the story really was. Um, so that was really... different. I yeah. really like that sequence. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I really like that sequence because I think, yeah, like you said, without, without it, it's sort of like a a, a more depressing Edie Blyton, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think <laughs> that's the case. I did, I did warn you that the first episode was quite bleak as well.
1: You did warn me that and, and indeed, indeed it was. Indeed, indeed it was. Um, it wasn't quite... Well, what what I was expecting, however, however, um, what I did think was a little bit weird is um, like a, the the way that Minty and indeed Aunt Mary reacts to things. So 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 um, <laughs> Minty goes between like really upset and completely like neutral, like like a tap. It's it's it's, it's a bit strange, but um Aunt, Aunt Mary doesn't seem to. I mean, doesn't doesn't she react to Minty being upset about her mum by slapping her, which is a bit old school? I think even in the eighties that was an old school thing yeah, to
0: do. Yeah. wasn't it? Well, that's the typical woman thing to do, isn't it? I'm always reminded every time I see that the sequence in the Airplane. Yeah, yeah. where we're yeah. getting really hysterical, queuing up to slap her. But that, that was that was ten years before this.
1: It was so it was already a. Uh, yeah, um, and and in fact, there are a few things which are very dated, even in the eighties. I think there's the, the, there's one there's one later on that there's a, there's a clock that the the, the, the the passage of time is signified by the clock wearing round. I think that's actually in the last episode. And you think, well, surely yeah. Tom and Jerry were, were parodying that like decades before you were using this. <laughs> Why are you still using that device? <laughs> but um yeah. so, so there's a cu- couple of things that would have been old fashioned at the time. And I actually think um the portrayal of Minty is o- old fashioned as well because you know you, you you and me, Paul, we're a similar age to Minty. Uh, we, were yeah. age we, were, we were a similar age then, we're similar age now.
0: Apparently was 16 when she made that. So yeah, we were we were a couple of years younger.
1: Yeah, but you know, we were '80s kids too, and we wouldn't—I certainly did not recognize her <laughs> as kind of an '80s kid. Um, and Helen Criswell, I because I looked this up, and, and she would have been Minty's age back in the '40s, and and so I think, I think, well, I, I think if, if you if you think that, I think you think, well, okay, so it's she's a bit out of time.
0: But, 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 then that, but then that's sort of fitting, and um, I, I think as well, it does um, it does sort of, uh, the cat's being very annoying. Um,
1: the, I heard well, the cat, that's a good cameo. I think the cat's got a good point. In fact, right, you completely changed my opinion, Paul's cat. <laughs> well done. <laughs> oh no, I'm going to have to fill time.
0: Well, i tell you we won't. Um, so yeah, so as I said earlier about it being a bit Edith Blyton, and I think that I think that sort of still stands. I think it is, um, it is quite an Edith Blyton portrayal. But in some ways, I don't I didn't mind that because obviously, like most most of us, we I, I really loved a lot of Edith Blyton stuff. So very, um, and so it makes it kind of quite comforting in a way. And T- T- kids TV has always been, has always struggled with getting uh, contemporary teenagers right, um, I, I, I think. I think maybe Grange Hill was perhaps the, the thing that came close, but even they were always a little bit behind.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. But I, I think uh, you make a really good point that for a ghost or a ghost type story, it works in, in its favour. It doesn't want to be too contemporary. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: it's, it's, it sort of dates it, but also doesn't date
1: it. Yeah, it probably <laughs> helps it now. Yeah, I think that, I think that's true. And I think yeah. the only other thing I really want to say about the first episode is well, um, the I call him the artful dodger, but we've got um, the, the the first ghost, the Victorian child Tom, played played by. Yeah. Um, Tony Sands, because um, I think that the, cause the, the main actors are the, the child actors in this. So you've got Siri Neal playing um, Minty, haven't you? And you've got um, Tony Sands playing Tom and they, they get all the screen time. Um, now he, to me, he is just like, I mean, he would have been a great Artful Dodger. He he looks the part He's and he's, he's really quite a good actor now. I think. Um, yeah. Maybe he had a slightly easier character to portray than uh, the, the, the Siri Neal, but I think um, he, he makes an immediate impact at the end of this first episode.
0: He does, and he's quite interesting, because my, my sort of abiding memory of him was that I um, was thinking that he probably wasn't very good, and, um, and, but the, when I rewatched it, like you said, I realised that actually he's, he's really, really good at that. Yeah. Um, so, and if we skip, is that both, both...
1: <laughs> if we skip to the second episode, um, they kind of both establish that they're not ghosts, and uh, but but they are in um, like the Victorian era. So there's a kind of idea that the the sun the moon dial, is is a like a time travel device
0: yeah yeah but it doesn't work again it works in a supernatural way it doesn't work um, and we can talk about this a bit later um, uh, but yeah it, it doesn't work in a scientific time travel way well yeah it works okay. in a Way.
1: yeah I think that's fair um,
0: and the, uh, the rules uh, of how it works are, are odd as well I never
1: really got them you, you just have to no. like touch the, the baby's head, don't you, or something, but but not the old guy on the other side. No, uh, yes, so it's, no, I never quite understood how it worked or what the rule was, what the rules were. Um, but, um, the, in this first like voyage back in time, um, I think you see uh, Tom have a coughing fit and, and another you Know, like, this is an eternal rule of drama. In, in if anyone coughs, then they're gonna die, <laughs> right? It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's fatal. I mean, absolutely 100% of the time, if you cough in, in film or TV, you're afflicted with some fatal disease and you're not gonna last very long. So, so we we established that, um, that, um, that, that Tom is unwell and that, um, you know he, he, he all the stuff about him wanting to grow up to be a really tall footman is is, is quite you know tragic that really it is tragic isn't it so that's that's more more, more bleakness really although, although that's yeah. that's very underplayed at this point it's, it doesn't become obvious yeah. a little bit later when he starts coughing up blood that yeah all right you were right yeah he, 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 he he's got he's, he definitely got tuberculosis, hasn't he? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. he, 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 he's, he's very unwell. And then, um, Misty goes back to the present, doesn't she?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I, 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 don't, I don't think I'll do a plot summary because it's really hard for, for, for uh, an episodic three-hour thing, but also, um, I think you ju- they just then develop the themes, don't they? There's this old guy called World... Who, 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 yeah. who sets Misty on like like a kind of quest to try and save these kids. So there's more than, than one. There's a, there's another, like a mystery child called Sarah, isn't there? They don't see properly and they only see Sarah at night. And um, her face is covered and she's, she's a bit younger and she just sings these creepy um, rhymes. Uh, but Sarah also seems to be being pursued by these, um, like, go, well... They're uh, not ghosts. Not apparently ghost, ghosts, but these other kids in scary masks. Um, but the, and
0: the, thing the other kids, though, is that Minty is also um, for no real good reason at all. But it's something that I think I missed out the first episode. Is is kind of uh, mocks and and generally uh, sort of. Bullied by a group of kids, her her sort of age. Well, that's that, so that's there's, right. There's, there's, there's <laughs> a thing running there or a similarity. Um,
1: we have a couple more visits back to Tom's time, don't we? And, uh, and we establish yeah. that he's being bullied as well, but not by other kids, but by the adults.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's true. There's a couple of uh, there's a couple of bits where he. he well, What's this? The, the end of episode two, where um, he gets locked in a pantry, and, and Minty accidentally gets locked in, a, in another another room, uh, because whoever is in the, right, in the wrong line is, it can't be seen by anybody else other than uh, Tom or Sarah.
1: Yeah, but but, but the and the, they deal with this in a really interesting way because, basically, Minty cannot. Um, she she cannot use it. Like she knows she's invisible, but she's still yeah. scared of everybody seeing her and all sorts of things. So 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 like she's hiding and she in, in, and then she gets locked in. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. But but why is she hiding? No one can see her anyway. <laughs>
0: it's very... But, but I, I I quite like that because I think it it sort of shows that um, although she she's come to the conclusion she's invisible, she's still a bit scared of of everything and and um not hundred percent confident that they won't turn around and suddenly see her, yeah, uh, and yeah, so I think that's what that um I think what that that's what that's all about um,
1: okay. I, I guess mm-hmm. so uh, and we do get a scene later because Tom also works out how to use the moon dial doesn't he and he comes into the present and and and, and he more glo- he glories in his uh, invisibility he he goes dancing around the the visitors to the church doesn't he um yeah <laughs> so that that's that's quite a cool scene but it's the only time any of them take advantage of their apparent invisibility and yeah. And it's a bit arbitrary whether people can see them or not, because obviously the kids can all see each other, but that also includes the scary kids in the masks. They can obviously see the... the, the, um,
0: all yeah, the that's, yeah. yeah, that's true. Which, again, is like a weird thematic thing with... Uh, well, no, I don't think it is. I think it's just it's just weird. <laughs> well, and <if laughs> you've always- You've also
1: got, <laughs> you've got, got another element as well, which is Jacqueline Pierce. Now, yeah. She's the big name in in Moondar, which but the and the strange thing is that they don't treat her like a big name. Um, maybe she's a big name to us because of her genre conne- connections, but she was by far the most famous person in this at the time. Because um, it's yeah. stage school kids and and, and 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 like some. Um, you know, jobbing actors, but then there's there's Jacqueline Pierce who who, who had been Serbalan relatively recently, and that was a big primetime BBC show. She'd been in that for several years, and before that, of course, she'd um, she'd been in a couple of those Hammer movies that we like, the Reptile yeah. and Plague of the Zombies. Um, so when when she was a younger actress, so she she was a surely. And I'm sure this is true that she she was the biggest name in in this, but but they space her out so you you sort of glimpse her uh, in that dream sequence in episode one, and then um, you you kind of meet her as like in episode two or three I think is Sarah's. Um,
0: you don't really see her; you just hear her voice.
1: And she's she's like an unsympathetic governess. She's Miss Vole, isn't she? Yeah then and and then in in episode 4 she turns up as a different character called Miss Raven a like a, a ghost hunter that becomes um a, the lodger at aunt mary's house yeah Which, but it's a weird thing isn't it aunt mary takes in this crazy lodger with um, her, her other guest is is the the the, the, the like a family friend a, a da- daughter of a family friend really who's um his whose, whose mother's in a coma in a hospital? It's like, yeah, we need a random stranger in this house, definitely.
0: It did, it, did, it did make me wonder a little bit if, if indeed she was a family friend, and she isn't just some uh, odd person that just puts up random people.
1: <laughs> That's a good interpretation. Or
0: I like. Or she'd be, and Minty's mum was actually paying her like twenty quid a week or something.
1: And this whole thing about being aunt mary is just like yeah. aunt mary's bed and just breakfast yeah
0: let's tell her, this, yeah. Yeah. Tell her you're, you're her aunt and you know a godmother we, we we have to know that you know i'm paying to stick her in a and b because i, I want to get rid of her to to nod my work colleague uh,
1: <laughs> it, it's it's um <laughs> that's Actually, I think that's that's quite a good interpretation. I'm going to I'm going to agree with you. I think that that is what's going on because that's the only way that some of this makes sense. Frankly, so okay, go for it. We'll say that. Um, yeah, I, I, um, and Miss Raven does not get on very well with Minty. She no. calls calls her Araminta, which is her, her actual name, and which she hates. And um, and Miss Raven is ghost hunting, and World kind of warns Minty that that she'll be after the children. What what she's after? Yeah. We don't, we, I don't know. What mm. relation is uh, to Miss Vole is also uh, an open question. Certainly not dealt with till the very end of the last episode. Um, yeah. So I think I think we we we, we sort of just. We just carry on, don't, don't we? With them, um, Minty thinks that there's some relationship between um, having to to live, free Sarah and Tom from from their yeah. their, their circumstances, and, and um, getting her mum to come out of the coma. Uh, and I, it's never clear why she thinks that. I guess that just two things happening to her in her life at once. They're both quite major, so she assumes a relation between them that 's the only thing and, and and she starts making tapes for her, her mum who's in a coma to listen to whilst in a coma mm. um, while well, she's re- relaying her adventure, um, which is curious one, 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 number of fronts
0: Well I'm, see I think that so there's a, obviously she's taping her so that her mum who's in a coma can hear her voice. Um, but one interpretation of, of this whole thing is that none of this is actually happening at all, and Minty is just making a story up based on the things she sees around her and visits to the house, and right, uh, this old excellent. man, excellent. She, so right. she, she's creating this story on tape to give to her mum, and actually, we're just seeing it sort of played out. So that's that one interpretation of what happens but it's sort of again like all of the things to do this it doesn't quite fit but you could see it that way
1: no but i want to i want to explore that because um this immediately when i saw the opening credits to episode one right i i I thought of two things the the opening credits are really reminiscent of box of delights because you've got instead of the box you've got the moon doll and you've got a couple of animation type things um but the animations are birds it's like yeah. a, a raven and a dove but that really reminded me of labyrinth where they have this like uh, uh slot not amazingly well animated owl don't they um
0: yeah.
1: right so so um i think those two uh th- those two things are actually influences on on moon doll I, I think what you just out- outlined is labyrinth isn't it yeah I mean, that, that's
0: <laughs> actually now you see late in a later episode, minty wears uh, an outfit that's not dissimilar to what sarah wears in labyrinth with yeah. the waistcoat it might have just been like 18 teenage girls fashion or something but yeah that, that's uh, they do they think their outfits are quite similar
1: yeah so so uh, and then you've also got Box of Delights, which I don't think is um narratively related. I just think no. that, but Box of Delights has um quite a lot of surreal stuff in it. Uh, it, it gets this really kind of creepy, and then uh, atmosphere because it's like um, it's not really ghostly. It's it's more of a fantasy, isn't it? Where of delights. It's more like a more like a Narnia story in some ways, but um, <laughs> it, it's it's famed for being maybe the greatest of all the the tea time children's TV shows the BBC ever did, and you can see that maybe. In, in Doll, there's kind of a, a ghost of that. There's a kind of, uh, that's the template we're sort of going for. Yeah. But then yeah, there is, the, they, they immediately mess it up, though, because um, Box of Delights has that theme tune, which is impossible to forget, whereas moondial has kind of uh, 80s synth music, <laughs> which <laughs> I find quite, quite difficult to listen to. No, I'm
0: going to disagree with you there, because I think the theme music is fantastic i you think know, it's creepy and and, and and weird and actually all of the music throughout all of this is really good
1: yes that that and is something good. i don't agree with but i'm glad because if Moser yeah. is listening to this um podcast at least he's got one admirer <laughs> because for for, for, for me uh, uh, no, no 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 uh, uh, but I think I know. I know it was really fashionable at the time, and I know that the BBC couldn't, in any case, afford um, orchestras, um, so you, they couldn't have that kind of um, score. The things we're very used to from from, from film, high-budget television. Um, so I'd so, say uh, one guy and a keyboard is what you got with a lot of 80s TV programs. There's a time-travel TV program um, that you may be aware of. The BBC also made in this era, which has got similar kind of music to, to it. But um, I, I think it more works in, in science fiction. Uh, you, you, uh, you probably don't know the programme I mean, but probably, I... <laughs> it probably works more in science fiction than it does in a uh, Victorian ghost story where it's really jarring, I find. Yeah,
0: uh, no, I disagree, and, and I think it's one part of, of what makes this whole thing really fantastic. Despite the fact it really makes no sense, and it's all to do with um, the atmosphere and the, the the way everything looks. And um, yeah, I don't know if you want to get onto this now, but uh, um, just just things I've noticed noted down that, that I think make this sort of work and be quite eerie and a bit disconcerting, um, and. Is, is the the music um, and the other thing I've, I've written down as well is that there's lots of times where things are filmed from a low angle which is quite unusual of something to do with kids tv most of the time these things were just just shot sort of straight on so uh, okay I
1: want to stop you there again because I've got a real point I want to make about this because um this was Mudal was directed by Colin Cant, um, yeah. a guy who I think specialised in children's television, but whom I had become aware of when, because um, I was when when I was younger. When like now, I was really interested in the cinema, and I I saw again. It would have been one of my brothers watching it because it, I was the wrong age for it when it was on, but. Uh, a children's show called dark season and um, yeah. i remember thinking the guy who's i remember thinking the direction of this is amazing every shot is beautiful <laughs> this is not like bbc video camera like or done in one of those studios with uh, coverage um, this is like every shot is properly cinematic and um, i remember thinking that Looking for his name and thinking he's a really talented director, I'd like to see him make some films. Um, which sadly never happened. He, um, I mean, Colin can. Um, um, he he went on to do, um, or he actually uh, always did soap opera stuff as well as children's TV stuff. And I think yeah. I think that, that, that's what he spent his career doing. But um, as a as a director, he was. I think tremendously talented visually, and um, I think that's what you've picked picked up on, haven't you? So, so uh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, he's got this beautiful scenery, this Belton House, Um so so he's got lots to work with, um, lots yeah. of things to look at. Um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, I have to say, I think he was more of a visual style director like a Ridley Scott kind of director than someone who's really interested in what the actors were doing. <laughs>
0: yeah I'd, I'd agree with that. Um and to certain extent as well it's it's children's TV and these things generally um generally sort of don't have a huge long filming uh time they usually don't in, in a little bit of a, a rush. So to get anything that kind of is visually interesting is is a bonus. And some of the things I really like, you talking about the house and um, some of the stuff, so I like noticed a lot of the low angled stuff tends to be when they're in, um, is it Belton house? Yeah. And There's something, I don't know if this is just because um, I've been mostly indoors for about six weeks or whatever it has been now, six or seven weeks. Um, But I love the fact that there was so much space and everything was very empty, which seems weird, but that also created a slightly eerie uh, atmosphere, I thought, because you've got this enormous house and grounds and there were very few people in it and it it just seemed to add to the atmosphere and, and the other thing that I thought worked really well and it's something that I don't think works really well a lot of the time and it's fairly terrible because there's a whole ton of day for night filming in this. <laughs> there really is. Absolutely yeah. loads but there's something about it that adds to to, a, to that sort of eerie quality. I tended to watch most of these episodes in the evening, um, actually, as in, in my my front room, is the the sun was going down and, and you got that you get yeah, that kind of um, very low light coming in, and that that helped a lot, I think, with this. But it, but for some reason it really works, and I don't really know why. And, it, and I thought it added to the atmosphere was was quite creepy
1: i'm going to tell you why i think it works i agree with you that it works um because it represents moonlight yeah. so you do get um you do get a few shots of um a full moon don't don't you to establish that the moon is shining brightly and, and just from the name and and, and, and the, the plot the, um i, I think I think you accept things can be bathed in moonlight. Oh yeah. Although technically you can see it's it's like there's a couple of shots where you can see the sunlight (laughs) on the ground. (laughs) But, um, but but yeah, generally it, it it, it works much better than it does anywhere else. And it was, you know, there was, though you could do night shooting in the eighties, of course you could. Um, The amount of uh, time kids were allowed to be on Set was, was restricted and of course the yeah. night shooting was more expensive so um, they just had to shoot during yeah. the day I don't think I, don't, I think now they just would do it at night but um, yeah back, back in the 80s standards were different
0: and you're right because there's definitely times when if, if you have been out when it's been one of the really big sort of full moons that light where you can sort of see everything mm. but everything looks a little bit just a little bit different yeah, and absolutely. Getting a bit too poetic. It looks like it's like you're on the sort of fringes of something a bit weird, and I think that captures that really well.
1: Yeah, no, that I, I absolutely uh, a, a agree with you on on that point. Absolutely, um, and I, I really want to talk about the ending, but I I, I, I just want. That. Have you got anything else to, to talk about before we get to that?
0: I haven't got anything else to talk about, really. Uh, okay. Apart from talking about what it all means and what happens, and
1: right, so um, it, it's kind of um, Halloween, isn't it? It's a, so we we talked about uh, <laughs> that yeah. we don't do Halloween in the UK, but but I mean we obviously we were obviously aware of it, um, and it's obviously a creepy night, and it's midnight. And Miss Raven goes out ghost hunting, doesn't she? And then then Misty sneaks out to go one last time to the um, to, to to the moon dial to meet up with Tom, and they're gonna they're gonna liberate they're gonna save Sarah. Um, yeah. uh, and 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 they, they know by now that um, Miss Vole's really monstrous, and that um, Sarah's called a devil child because she's got birthmark on her face. Um, oh,
0: can I can I just mention, just just. Going back to Jacqueline Pierce about how wonderful she is. That whole sequence um, where is this? What you're going to talk about is this bit where they're where they're watching her um, in the in the room with with Sarah.
1: Oh no, was no, that, 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 that's a, a, that's not. Was that, I wasn't going to talk about that. But that's that's where Miss um, mean, Rose has gone really narcissistic, isn't she? She's like, I'm going to look at myself I mean, in the mirror all afternoon. But you can't look at the mirror because yeah, you're a devil's
0: child. But clearly, all the mirrors are, that Sarah has a fear of mirrors and all of the mirrors um, have, have been covered up. Incidentally, I don't know if we mentioned, did we mention that? No, we didn't. Sarah's that. Got, so she's got a, a birthmark on one part of her face. Yeah, we did which say is why that. It's a little, little child. And why she doesn't look in any mirrors. And um, the mirrors are all covered up. And again, I really, really love, love that. Um, uh, this, this does a lot of things. It borrows a lot of things from a lot of kind of spooky horror stories and, and ghost stories, and it uses a lot of tropes from them without ever really explaining them. So yeah, creepy kids in, in, in masks. Yeah, let's have that a couple of times. That's, that's, uh, that's weird, but there's not really an explanation for that. No. Uh, with a lot of the other, the other sort of supernatural things that it, it borrows from elsewhere.
1: Well, I agree, and and obviously mirrors are more more vampire than ghost stories, but it's interesting to use that. And indeed, Minty takes out um, a mirror, doesn't she, and for the last night? That's her talisman, and. um
0: Thanks.
1: Yes, it's 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 a mirror in in the in the shape of a cross, which is which is a strange kind of mirror. But yes, that's 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 right. Um, so just, and they so Tom and Minty encounter um, the, the, the mask kids again, don't they? And and they try and save Sarah from the mask kids, and 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 there's a big kind of um, confrontation, and then there's. Then they escape the kids, don't they? And then and then, then Miss Vole comes out and, and um, Sarah shows her her reflection and she disappears. And then uh, somehow this has saved Tom and, who, and Tom's sister, who we have not met before, but he's talked about, just appears. Yeah. And, and Tom and his sister and um, Sarah go off and, and Sarah goes back. And, and and this is this is where you're like, well, okay, but if this is a time travel thing. Where are they going? Because yeah. you know, you, you, you know, they <laughs> haven't got a, Sarah's leaving a house and the the, the, the kids, the, the sisters come from make... London, and Tom, and Tom, like, where are they going to go? They're just going to die. This going to start to death. But of course, it's not a time travel thing, is it? It's never been a really a time no. travel thing. It's always been about. um that they were ghosts, and then and, and, and they've been um, freed from their curse. Uh, presumably, yeah. that's what it is.
0: Yeah, but you see, that there's a whole point with the uh, the moon dial because the old guy in there was Kronos the Greek god of time, and uh, the other one was um, Eros. Eros, and and so it's this whole idea that these these kids who who have never been shown. Any compassion or, 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 or love, um, a kind of brought together by Minty and her kind of uh, compassion for their situation. And that, that um, in, intent is what powers the Kronos bit of the moon dial and sends them back. That's how I saw it. So it's kind of powered by love if we're getting a bit cheesy and crap but
1: no no okay i i think i think that i think that's okay um but she but but she doesn't so she she saves them in that way but she doesn't like cuz cuz it was a time travel thing what she should do is to go and get a load of antibiotics and go here tom take these <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah um, um but
0: it's not yeah, if it was an episode of Quantum Leap, that, <laughs> that would have been the, right at the very end where she'd done the, the bit with the, with saving her and then, and then hasn't leaped. And then she'd realised that actually she had to give Tom some antibiotics and then she would leap. But it's not an episode of Quantum Leap. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so,
1: ah, so um, yeah, so they're ghost kids and she's freed them. So we, this, this is not... Although, although it's been time travel in a way to to soften it, yeah. Children's TV. It, I mean, it's always been it's always been a ghost story, really. I I think I think that's probably the only way to look at the ending. But even looking at like that, it's still a bit like ambiguous. And, and,
0: yeah. yeah. So this, so I think there's loads in this that's. Really brilliant, uh, stylistic, creepy, eerie. There's some really, really good performances, but I think overall I'm not entirely sure it exactly makes sense because <laughs> I don't really get the the uh, connection between Miss Bowl and Miss Raven, and whether that was a casting choice to have them both played by Jacqueline Pierce or whether it was. Whether it was in the book that they 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 look the same.
1: No, because you think you think Miss Raven might be the same person as as, as Miss. Yeah. Raven. Uh, but um, but that is no, that's never as established. And and there is that bit where she looks uh, at the very end, doesn't she? Look at those two masks on on, on the flower pots, essentially. And yeah. there's Miss Vole and Miss Raven, like 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 they're characters from from the garden statues. Um, yeah, but, but as if as if that makes sense. As if that, as if oh yeah, well that's that's the explanation then. Because which
0: is what, which is what makes me think it's a casting choice, and I don't know. If, I don't know the answer, but um, you were saying earlier about how they get Jacqueline Pierce, and then she's not really used that much, um, but she. I wonder if it's because they didn't really have her initially so when it was written it wasn't written with her in mind and then they were able to cast her and they all knew how fantastic she was so they kind of cast her in both roles and and maybe there was some sort of stylistic idea that it would be cool for the two characters to look the same. Um, And in some ways it sort of is, but in other ways it doesn't make any sense whatsoever.
1: Yeah, um, I agree with you on both those points. So perhaps (laughs) you're right. Perhaps it is a casting choice. And in fact, um, they don't even mention in the script that they look the same, that I can remember.
0: Um, No, there's no connection in any in the script or the series other than the play both played by the same actress. there's nothing that ties those two characters together
1: yeah that's interesting but there you go i think it it adds to but then a bit of ambiguity is 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 all right and i um i don't know if you've seen it but there's a um there's a peter greenaway film um the draftsman's contract um uh, so so it's there's a couple of there are a couple of things about that which are quite similar that that has, a, has an ending where all the um um like like, like there's load of people in masks and they just kind of all gang up on the draftsman um right. but, but um it, that's also got a, 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 like um a plot which is so ambiguous you just like i like that but what the hell was it about <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I, th- I think Moon which looks similar in a couple of ways, um, leaves you with that same feeling.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I absolutely love it, and I still really loved it. Watch rewatching it again, but it was just more apparent to me this time that the reason why I couldn't remember exactly what exactly what it was about is because, um, is because it's, that's exactly how it is. It's not me uh misremembering bits or forgetting plot points. It's that it's just that, that, that it, it's written that way. Yeah, I, I
1: absolutely agree with you. And this was my first time watching it properly. Um and, and I, I certainly enjoyed it. I did have to get past um a couple of things in order to enjoy it, the music um also, <laughs> the, 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 yeah, also the way that um that the 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 minty was written, I find that challenging because her reactions didn't seem natural to me. But um, uh, I, I mean, it seems to me to be to be a very difficult part to play. And I know that Siri Neal was that was her first ever role. Um,
0: yeah, she does it. She's she's really good, and I think that helps overlook that that way. It's weirdly written. Uh,
1: if it'd been me. I would have got um, Peter Cushing to play World, but then that's just if, if it had been me. I mean, he, he was retired by 1988, so he couldn't have done it. But um, <laughs> that 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 part, because he's in it a few times, kindly old man. but I thought that was just crying out for uh, one of the aging horror stars to come in, but maybe that would have made it too firmly horror, which was exactly what they didn't want. It, it
0: uh, it's. Yeah, I mean he would be really good, but again that whole character of Mr. World, what what's that all about? Again, you sort of you sort of read it and you think uh, there's some significance to his name. In fact, he's referred to as Old World, and it's but it, but it again doesn't really amount to anything except that he seems to be a bit sensitive to the kids, and it's sort of like they're they're sort of building him up to be the opposite of Miss Raven and the two are kind of both can sense that the children that the world has their, their well-being in mind and, and she for some reason wants to she's a ghost hunter so she wants to literally hunt hunt them down. And so I wondered if there's a point where they're sort of trying to set those two up as the polar opposites hence the, the raven and the dove in the opening titles and um but but that doesn't really come off either. <laughs> either.
1: No, but I think the dove is Miss Vole, but I, but I don't understand that because you see, um, you, you see, you see that don't you? At the um, at, at the end where where, where um, Miss Vole is defeated, you see both the raven and the vole, don't you? And <laughs> <laughs> oh, not the vole, the the dove, yeah. <laughs> which you've only uh, otherwise seen in the title sequence.
0: That's true, but I think somebody just did that because they thought it was cool.
1: Yeah, I think you're right.
0: <laughs> um, uh, oh, well. hey, it's quite good. We've managed to talk for, for probably about an hour on this now. Um,
1: I, I think we've done this to death, actually. Um, not,
0: not really kind of got anywhere with it, but I've had loads of different theories, some of which I've come up with while we've been talking, which I guess is, is to, to Moondahl's credit. It kind of is. Weird. Because by not uh, sticking its cars on the table and being absolutely positively about one thing or the other, it could kind of be many different things.
1: I think that's a, an excellent point to conclude on, Paul. So, um, but before we absolutely go away, we should probably tell our uh, many new fans who've joined us just because we've jumped on the Moondog bandwagon um, how to get in contact with us.
0: Okay. So, you can get into contact with us on Facebook, where we're very British horror, on Twitter, where we're at verybrithorror, or you can email us at verybritishhorror at gmail.com, or you could write a letter to us, um, but we wouldn't ever receive it. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Oh, just one more thing. Um, just wanted to do a, a bit of name dropping. Quick shout out to, to Tony Sands. Who plays Tom in Moon um, He's he's quite interesting. Uh, recently, he's he's made a little um, sort of horror ghost story short film, and he seems to be someone who sort of is, is now dabbling in bits of horror themed uh, writing and a little bit of acting. So, um, I'll I'll post some links to his stuff in in the. Um, in, in, in the show notes, and it's not at all because he said hello and chatted to me on Twitter on Friday night. Yeah,
1: excellent. And and to be fair, because I, 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 I knew he'd done that, and um, I didn't want to have to be rude about him, but actually he's excellent in, in yeah. on, so it was easy. <laughs> it's easy to be nice.
0: <laughs> be fair to him, I did, I did say that we... Um, we might be sort of rude about it. And he said, no, don't worry, it's fine. (laughs) So I didn't feel too bad about the possibility of having to say something bad. But as it happened,
1: he didn't do do the music, so it's all fine. The music's good. (laughs) And on that bombshell, I've been Chris Denton.
0: And I'm still Paul Monk.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Bye.